accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. We're continuing our run through of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, but we're taking a little bit of a detour here and we're going to do our season wrap-up. I know that I mentioned in the uh, the Call to Arms episode, the last episode that we did, that we might not do a wrap-up, but um, I like to do them, I think. There's a, I keep the spreadsheet, so it's nice to go over the scores and everything like that, and it's a good way to sort of catch your breath and realize how far we've come before we move on to the next season. It's just going to be me talking about this because um, Clay probably won't remember any of the episodes that we've watched, anything that's passed like five episodes ago. So outside of me giving him his scores and uh, trying to remind him of what he thought about it, I thought that this would just be sort of my opinion, easier to go through, my thoughts about it, and uh, that's about it. So we're going to start with a little bit of housekeeping, I guess. I've got three points to go before I start to go into the breakdown about what I thought about the season. Uh the Orville. If you're into the Orville, you have to sign up to be at least a $5 patron by June 5th, which is going to be on Wednesday, if this comes out Monday, I think. So you've got till this Wednesday. Uh, you've got two days. If you're interested in hearing us talk about the Orville, we're going to be talking about About a Girl, Krill, uh, I think it's Primal Urges, and then Identity, the two-parter. So if you want to hear our thoughts about those four or five episodes, if you consider Identity to be two episodes, he needs to sign up for the Patreon at the $5 level by June 5th. And um, the Orville coverage will only be available to people who are patrons on the morning of June 6th, I guess, when I send out the, um, I'll send out a Patreon message with the link to those Orville episodes. So you're not going to be able to get them uh, at any other time. Even if you sign up to be a, a patron later after the 5th, you're not going to get them because I'm just going to send them out as a one-time thing to everyone who is a patron on June 5th at midnight. Uh, that's about it. So if you're interested in the Orville, sign up for that. You can support the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file. If you're a $5 member by June 5th, you're going to get access to those. I'll explain more. There'll be posts on the Patreon, uh, leading up to that too, in case people wonder how they're going to get the episodes. I'll do that over there as well. Um, it's been pretty busy. We took a week off from the podcast. Me and Clay are both fairly busy with different various things going on. Uh, but now we should be getting back to a regular schedule. The big problem for me was, um, I had to return my work laptop, and I'm getting a new one, and apparently the Intel factory has like a 10-week delay on getting chips out, so it's been forever where I haven't had a second laptop where I can do work at night because the baby is in my office. Uh, if this is too, TMI, I guess too bad, but the baby's in my office, so I can't do editing at night, and I haven't been able to do any kind of work at night for the past couple months. And losing the computer was the second thing that sort of piled onto that. So uh, once I get the computer back, I should be able to keep doing editing and uploading all that stuff uh, at night when I have the laptop available to do things. So it should help with keeping things a little bit more regular. The recording is always kind of easy to do. When we get the recording done, it's just me having time to actually chop the episodes together is becoming the more difficult aspect of the whole thing. So that should clear it up. It should be a little bit better. It's never going to be great uh, just because of the give and take of life and responsibilities and stuff, but it should be a little bit more um, reasonable going forward. Uh, and apologies about the week off that we took, right? I kept saying it's coming, it's coming, but I never got a chance to really get the edit together. But after this one, we do have a time to stand edited, so you know that you can expect that on Thursday, and then everything should be fine going forward after that. Um, 
The other thing is a redesigned website. So I've been spending a little bit of time. I'm terrible with web design, but not even web design. It's really just using like a Divi WordPress theme to try to design the uh, the podcast website. Mostly because we now have enough episodes where I can't list everything on the RSS feed. Um, a couple of people have mentioned this recently where the podcast feed, if you're listening to the show on a pause podcast software, uh, you're not getting all the episodes because the RSS feeds are limited to, I think it's 300. iTunes does 300. I had set ours personally to a hundred and people would ask for a little bit more. So I bumped it up to the max of 300 and it should be doing that now, but it's still not all of TNG. Um, I think it's fairly late in TNG is where we, you'll start picking up our episodes on the show. So if you want to listen to the older episodes at this point, your only option is to either go to YouTube or the website. And it seems like a decent amount of people go to the website for those things. So I've tried to redesign it a little bit. Let me know what you think. Uh, the Penske, uh, Penske podcast.com. Let me know what you think. I'm just trying to, um, put stuff up there that people would find interesting. Like I, if you're going to a website for a podcast, what are the main things that you'd want right away? Uh, I understand like the latest episode and stuff like that. And there's all the links to everything that I would consider to be important. But let me know if there's anything that you're missing or that you would want to see on the front page of a website, uh, especially if you're using like a mobile device to to find it, as I imagine most people are at this point. Let me know if it's missing anything. Let me know what you think. And uh, let me know what I can do to improve it because my aesthetic design sensibilities are pretty horrible. I'm no artist. So that's it. Orville by June 5th, busy schedule, but should be getting back to normal and the redesigned website and the RSS feed at 300 episode limit. I think that's it for the housekeeping. So let's get into DS9 season five. We, um, as you all know, I keep a spreadsheet of these things and then we rate, uh, we keep track of our ratings that me and Clay have been doing. I've been tracking Clay's ratings for the past two seasons, but I didn't do that before. Before then it was only mine. And, uh, we both Coming off of season four, we both really love season four, and it's our highest rated Star Trek season across all of them so far on like an average scale, how we do our one to five uh, rating. It came out for me at a 3.48. This is season four and Clay for uh, 3.7, which is like remarkably high. So Clay actually had a very strong opinion of season four. Season five is a little bit of a regression for both of us. The numbers here aren't going to seem impressive for me. It's a 3.36. So it's down 0.12. And uh, Clay is a 3.4, which is a 0.3 drop, which is actually pretty substantial, Um, just relative to how small our rating scale is between a 1 to 5. So Clay actually thought this one was a pretty decent step back from season 4. I would agree with it. And, well, my opinion might be a little bit colored by the fact that we had Discovery mixed in to season 5, and that kind of slowed things down. Just looking at the ratings now... Uh, the second half of season five is really not very good. It's a lot of twos and threes. There's a couple fives mixed in uh, from my, me and Clay both with Call to Arms and Children of Time. But it's mostly after in Purgatory Shadow and by Inferno's Light, you enter this long stretch of pretty mediocre episodes of the show. There's a lot of threes, a couple twos. And I think that just really drags things down. Season four didn't have that. It was much more consistent all the way through uh, till the end of the season with the, the high rated episodes like fours and fives were sort of sprinkled very equally throughout the entire runtime. Season five is um, more front-loaded, and it's a pretty decent front-load, too, all except for one episode, which sticks out like a sore thumb. But uh, season five is... I, I think that they... I think that they just didn't have the consistency going in season five, and it might be for a couple reasons. Like, I think that they're, they're trying to wrap up some storylines to get into the Dominion storyline that they want to kick off with season six. So they're trying to close things down 
they're trying to wrap up a, flu- a few loose ends, like the Eddington storyline and stuff, so that they don't have to deal with it once the new Dominion War arc kicks in. And where season four was all about the uh, the theme was kind of loss, like a lot of characters lose things in season four. You um, characters spend a lot of time like going down to their lowest point and stuff. And we talked about that in the wrap up for season four about how uh, the the amount of episodes that you have in a season kind of dulls the thematic impact in a lot of cases. When you have 26 episodes, you can kind of get uh, not see the forest for the trees and realize like that they were going for a very consistent theme about that. You could argue that season five, where season four is about the loss of things, uh, season five is kind of about getting everything back. Like they they take the downsides of season four and they kind of flip them back over in season five in preparation for the Dominion storyline. And I think it's just more interesting narratively the downslope, like the 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 conflict, the rising action, which is for our characters getting worse and worse of season four is a little bit more memorable and interesting than the characters getting everything back in season five. Season five feels a little bit more generic in that sense. It feels more like a Star Trek-y, uh, usual Star Trek-y stuff. And it, that's not to say it's a bad episode because it's still uh, the second best episode, the uh, second best season that we've had so far uh, because season one, two, and season three aren't particularly all that strong. But I think that I think that that's really the problem with season five. It's a little bit disjointed it's a little bit all over the place because it's trying to wrap up storylines and it's trying to move on and do things like that. And it's also got this ending stretch that is not particularly strong. They hit a long, probably six, seven episode stretch where they're just doing sort of mediocre television and it doesn't last all that long. Uh, or it doesn't it doesn't feel all that appealing to get through. And Discovery might have had some impact on it. But let me know what you guys thought. If you think season four is uh, better or worse so far, if that's any kind of point of contention with people, or if people would largely agree with me. So let's um, let's do a little bit of award work here. We usually make up some goofy kind of awards to give out at this point in the season. I've pulled out a couple of them. Let me know what you guys would think. What awards you would give? What your best and worst? Or should I? I'll do the best and worst episodes first, I guess. Um, my five best and my five worst. I'll start with the five worst. Five worst are from uh, least, so like from five to one, would be Empok Noor, Business as Usual, A Simple Investigation, The Assignment, and Let He Who Is Out Without Sin. Let He Who Is Without Sin is clearly the number one. It's the only um, one out of five that I gave to anything this season. Clay also gave it a one. Uh, Let He Who Is Without Sin is like... The first time in a long time a DS9 episode has felt like a horrible concept <laughs> that just didn't have any reason to exist and like it was flawed from the start and it's not like it's a good idea that was just poorly executed. It's a really terrible episode that doesn't um, doesn't do any favors to Worf, is sort of unintentionally funny, and features maybe one of the worst villains that DS9 has ever done in that um, that sort of religious zealot guy who's, who's awful and bland as, as hell. Uh, outside of that, the other ones are The Assignment, A Simple Investigation, Business as Usual, and Empok Noor. Empok Noor is just kind of the, you know, I just didn't think it worked as a slasher or a meditation on what it means to be a soldier. Uh, business as Usual is immensely forgettable. I just remember that the old man is in it. It's a Ferengi episode. Simple Investigation, the Odo relationship storyline, whatever. And then The Assignment, which is where Keiko gets taken over by the power rights. Uh, those are the worst for me. So I'll move into... One of the awards that I was going to give at this point is the most forgettable episode. 
And for me, the most forgettable episode, for me, it's a tie. It's either the assignment or business as usual. Um, both of those really stick out to me as episodes that I would never want to watch again out of this season. Uh, the assignment is probably important for the Pirates, but it's not really a good episode. And uh, business as usual is just a sort of generic Ferengi episode that I think Ferengi love songs is a little bit more memorable because of all the character actors that they have there chewing the scenery in their Ferengi outfits. So that's it for that one. The best episodes from five to one. Number five is in the cards. Number four is call to arms. Number three is trials and tribulations. Number two is children of time. And number one is the ship. I don't know if the ship is a surprising answer to be my best uh, of the season, but I I really enjoy the ship. I think it's a good um, combination of the Dominion storylines with the character work of DS9, and it gives you like a neat little set piece for the the cast to work through. It has some great uh, Vorta uh, personalities to it. Like the, the way that it all resolves is very satisfying and feels very uniquely DS9. And I really enjoy the ship, and we'll get another chance to sort of redo the ship with Rocks and Shoals coming up in a couple episodes. Children of Time is outstanding. Trials and Tribulations is a great episode. Call to Arms and In the Cards are fine, uh, or very good. Actually, Call to Arms is very good, and In the Cards is my only non-five out of this, so I had to select from a four. Um, and I chose In the Cards because I really liked it. I thought that it was an episode that did something different and was kind of funny and Star Trek doesn't always do comedy well, but I thought that it was kind of an original idea and I appreciated it as the lead up to the ultimate episode, the season finale. And that brings us to our um, next award, which is the biggest difference of opinion. And it goes to in the cards. And this is between me and clay where um, we hardly ever differ on opinion in our rankings by more than one number. So if I give something a three, it's unusual for Clay to give anything other than a four or three or two. Like we never jump two numbers. And this one we did. He gave it a two and I give it a four. Um, He really didn't like it. And a lot of people in the comments have kind of agreed with him that they don't like it. But an equal a number, I think, have agreed with me that they say that they really enjoy that episode. And I was trying to go back and I can't remember a time looking through the DS9 episodes where me and Clay have had a difference of two, which is maybe not very interesting for the show if you're looking for two guys who are kind of butting heads, but we're we're generally right around the same number, uh, give or take one. And so it's unusual for us to have a very different um, opinion about an episode, and we did for In the Cards, which is, um, I guess, good enough for me to put onto the best list because I did like it that way. That's it. So the best and the worst, the five worst, business is, uh, Empok Noor, excuse me, is number five. Number four is business as usual. Number three, simple investigation. Number two, assignment. Number one, let he who is without sin. Those are the worst. And my best are number five, in the cards. Number four, call to arms. Number three, trials and tribulations. Number two, children of time. And number one, the ship. So Next award, after we've done biggest difference of opinion, going to end the cards, most forgettable episode goes to the assignment or business as usual, most memorable episode, I think is Trials and Tribulations. I, I was looking at the list and I think that this season is kind of defined by that episode. Like that's the one that really sticks out in a way that some of the others don't. And even the great episodes in season five, I think are not really like the ones that you remember, like Way of the Warrior or Visitor or um, For the Cause, or we're going to be getting into um, In the Pale Moonlight and stuff like that and Duet. The best in season five, according to me, are The Ship, Trials and Tribulations, Children of Time, and Call to Arms. Those are the fives that I gave. And I, I think that the like the ship, 
Children of Time and Call to Arms are all fine episodes, but they're not the ones that really scream these are some of the best that DS9 has to offer. I thought that they were very good, but they don't stick out as memorable. I think Trials and Tribulations is the one that sticks in your mind as the episode that you remember the most from the season. And it's disconnected from the Dominion and has nothing really to do with the DS9 as a whole or anything, but it's a really good fan service memorable, uniquely um, Star Trek-y like service episode where it's it's just it's doing everything right in terms of fan service and if it's a feel-good episode it's funny it uh, has its place in history it sort of reimagines a tos episode for you it looks great and all that stuff and i think that that's really what you remember even though it's not all that important to the ds9 episodes in general uh let's see best tng episodes Best TNG episode that's disguised as a DS9 episode. It goes to Children of Time, which is a great episode, but it is just a TNG episode sort of in DS9 clothing, I think. And not that that's a bad thing. Um, we commented as we were watching and doing the podcast on it about how unusual it is for DS9 to beam down to a planet at this point and do an episode. And Children of Time is a neat little throwback, and I think that it works well, where TNG didn't work well. The, the stylings of TNG did not work well in early DS9 because the show hadn't found its feet. But now that the show has its feet and its characterization, they can kind of dip back into the hallmark of what made TOS and TNG um, so iconic and sort of defined the style of those shows. And they do it here with Children of Time, and it works out really, really well. The most pointless episode, I think, is Ferengi Love Songs. Um, it's the you know It's another Ferengi episode, and I have nothing really good to say about the Ferengi episodes in general, but I think that nothing of that episode really felt important while it was happening and it doesn't matter later on it really has very little impact on anything and because it's so little impact and so unmemorable um even though it is it's memorable for the performances but it's not memorable for any reason outside of that i think it's the most pointless i think it's just it's one that you could certainly easily skip and not lose any sleep about it's the easiest for me to think that you there's no reason whatsoever to watch uh, ferengi love songs the best Bajoran episode, not just of the season, but of the entire series so far, goes to Rapture, which happens in this episode. I gave it a three, and Clay gave it a three as well, so it's not an outstanding episode, but I think it's the best Bajoran one. It's the only episode that, to my mind, really deals with the emissary role of Cisco in any kind of realistic or like fully appreciated way, where it feels like the writers know what they're doing with that outside of the pilot told us that he's the emissary and the Bajorans think that that's important. Um, Rapture shows us Cisco's divide about how he feels about his role as commander of the station and the emissary for the Bajorans. And, you know, it has that neat kind of like his, his premonitions start coming true. It's nicely DS9 serialization where they dig back to his premonitions at a later point and everything kind of lines up. And the reason that he saves Bajor at the end from joining the Federation comes true. And, it's kind of neat. Like, while we're not crazy about the Bajoran arc, I do think that it could have been something if they had played more into what Rapture was trying to do with it. Instead of just making it a generic, Cisco is the emissary of the prophets and the Bajorans like him for that reason and it not having any kind of impact outside of that. So Rapture, the best Bajoran episode. And the sub, uh, this is finally the subplot you wish was better. I think it's Eddington and the Maquis, which is kind of remembered and seen as a high point of the series. Maybe that's me speaking out of my ass, but it's, it's kind of remembered and discussed and Eddington is seen as an important character. And I think that his subplot is really kind of a mess all except for, um, season four, right? season four is when he, what is it for the, for the cause, 
when he leaves, which yes, is in season four, which is when he joins the Maquis. That's a really excellent episode. His follow-up episodes, um, which are Blaze of Glory and then For the Uniform, are not as good. And we talked about this in the podcast with Darren and everything. I'm just of the opinion that his subplot is not fleshed out and doesn't make a lot of sense. His motivations don't make a lot of sense. The Maquis don't make a lot of sense the more that you see them. And you can probably come up with a rationale for why they are that way, but I don't think that just watching the show and enjoying it for what it is, it feels like anything. It it feels like they wanted that to be a very confrontational and sort of foil-based um, battle of the wits between Cisco and Eddington. And to me, when I watch it, I feel like it's two people who don't really understand each other trying to be enemies when they aren't really enemies. And it, it never really lands. Um, it's unfortunate, too, because it's kind of a neat little... Uh, character vendetta arc that you could have for Cisco. And it just, it doesn't work for me whatsoever. So that's it. Thank you very much guys for listening to my awards. Thank you for listening to the ratings. Let me know what you thought about season five as a whole. Let me know what you think about the series as a whole to this point, if you're watching it and let me know how excited you are for the dominion arc to start or not the arc, but the, uh, the war arc to start the, uh, the occupation of DS nine, I guess would be the better way to say it. Um, I think that's it. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Join the Patreon if you're interested in the Orville. Join the Patreon if you just want to support the show. You can check out all the other stuff at thepenskefile.com or on the YouTube channel. And I believe we are done. All right, guys, thank you very much. We're going to be back in a couple days with A Time to Stand, which kicks off Season 6. Thank you very much for listening. I'll see you next time.